0: For now, let's start the conversation.
1: All
2: right, welcome back. We have with us again today a great pleasure, Daniela De Jong is back. How are you,
3: Daniela? I'm, I'm so glad to be here. It's really great to see you this morning.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. I remember our very first uh, conversation that we recorded on, you know, the first one wasn't recorded as much as, as the first podcast, which was back mm-hmm. in April of 22. And for those of you who haven't met Danielle, I would encourage you to look back at episodes 65 and 66, the onstage and backstage conversation we had in April of 22. And at the end of every, these conversations, we always ask our guests, um, are you okay with us to reach out with you a year later and see where we are then? I spot the gap between where we were and where we are because just like we have so much to do every day and change goes so slowly mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you look back and was like wow how did that happen
3: <laughs> yeah I love that idea um, and when you brought that up initially I thought oh wow what an interesting thing and the thing that you always talk about is how events are markers in time um, and really help you see progress so it's just such a great concept. And so much has happened in the last year.
2: Right? (laughs) (laughs) So for those of you who haven't met Danielle before, so Danielle is a consultant, investor, explorer. She has an organization called Idea Illuminations. Uh, She is a business advisor, but also a leadership consultant who is a masterful facilitator of conversations at strategic levels. We discovered that uh, through an incredible... um, series of conversations, but also walks through nature with mm-hmm. rattlesnakes and skis and all sorts of things. Fill us in, Danielle, what happened between the conversation April 22 and now it is the 3rd of August, 2023. Give us the conclusion. Yeah. What, what happened there? <laughs>
3: Well, you know, it's interesting. We had that conversation and we were talking a lot about what it takes to run a growing business and to continue to grow with your business over time. And, um, you know, at the time we were talking a lot about how if you want to continue to grow your business, you have to continue to grow yourself so you can keep up or else your business will outgrow you. Um, And we continued those conversations. And I, you know, I mentioned how I, I really enjoy working with. Um, business owners who are driven and really want to make change and do something um, and I guess that connected because you and I have now worked together in three countries and two states across the U.S. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know we've hiked in uh, the desert and skied in the mountains so it's been quite an interesting turn of events.
2: Absolutely yeah you could say that and um, I think in my experience um, you know Growing a business um, and also growing yourself, right? Growing as a team um, really requires from time to time having moments of reflection, but also having conversations that are guided or facilitated. And uh, one of the things we noticed is that um, combining nature and combining conversations, right, with activities that bring you out of a normal context are also very refreshing to have. I think breakthrough conversations that you sometimes need, right? As a, as a, as a team that collaborates intensely together, right. I think you've really kind of been a, a crowbar would be the wrong word, but you've <laughs> up opportunities or ways of looking at things to kind of Battering ram. To the next. Yeah. 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 to the next level. Yeah.
3: Well and you know that's interesting that you bring up the dynamics because it's you're co-creating all the time in business yeah. and events and and conversations. Um, and that takes new energy and new momentum and new ideas all the time. Um, yeah. And those relationships are the thing that bring it together. So when there's yeah. you know blockages or things in the way of that, Um, It it er interrupts the whole system, Um, but when you can make that flow and you can really have collaboration working well across teams across organizations um, across departments, you know I deal with that a lot. um, You just see things come up and you see connections um, and you see people getting together that wouldn't necessarily have even been in the same room before. Um, but all of a sudden, they're creating something really amazing together., uh, so I personally just love to watch that happen. and i I feel like I've seen that with you and uh, your business. and um, it's been such a joy to get to learn a little bit more about what you guys do and how you've decided to build this over time. And yeah. then to watch it in action. Um, it's been quite fun.
2: Yeah, and you don't you don't just talk about it, but you also do it which i appreciate right. so you visited our edc level three program in, uh, in san diego and i think in january mm-hmm. it was last last now this year 2020 yeah that
3: was such a great experience i was just thinking about that the other day and wondering how that whole crew is doing
2: yeah so yeah
3: was, you uh, were masterful at really bringing a group together and creating this bond yeah. among yeah. strangers yeah. Um, was really impressive
2: i think the the um, um, the most recent experience I had with that was in Bangkok two three weeks ago, um, where we had cohort 44. I, I lose track of what cohorts you know were where, but I think San Diego must have been six or seven cohorts before that. Um, yeah, I
3: think 39.
2: Yeah, 39. So the, so the group of people that kind of learns together um, also connects in a certain way, but it's also connecting them across the different cohorts. It's always kind of interesting in our business because... Now, with, um, you know, over 700 people that have gone through this level three program, you inevitably, you know, come to a point where the amount of people that you connect with um, or, you know, start scaling the business and thus are not directly connected with is, is also becoming different, right? So, it's a, it's a different uh, dynamic. Um, yeah. If you look back at, because at, um, it's interesting, you... The first time we connected was through Dave Gray. And Dave wrote a book together with Sunny. Uh, yeah,
1: and Sonny Brown. Mm-hmm. And Sonny
2: Brown was actually the podcast guest just before you uh, on this very podcast. So if you've never met uh, Sonny there as well, it, you were just out of Portland working with Sonny. So all of these connections like like...
3: Uh, yeah, I know it's so great, and now I'm working with Dave and Sunny on a really exciting new project, which I don't know if I'm allowed to announce. Um, <laughs> but they will
1: launch it. Got a secret? Too. If they,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think Sunny, Sunny, in the podcast, revealed something about it. She said, "Oh, okay, it's well, have to go back and look. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Um, But yeah, they're just really exciting, innovative people. And they brought us together for that executive mural conversation. And then, um, you know, just one thing leads to another. You never know who you might end up meeting. And um, I think that that's so uh, fantastic. And that's really what you're building within your community as well, is how do you create these opportunities for random chance and for people to connect and get to know each other um, and and create some seeds of intention? Um, And you never know how those may grow and develop yeah
2: yeah I think that's what, what change, um, change makers do, I think is make those connections as well, right or enable the connections or almost like uh, gently nudge connections. I think uh, you're um, very talented at doing that, and you see the fruits of that labor uh, in, in many different ways, which I think is very interesting. and people like Dave Gray and, and, and Sonny Brown are are have that same you know quality of being able to you know mesh networks and networks and connect interesting people because things will come out of them you don't know what it is but something Mm -hmm. might happen right
3: (laughs) yeah um i always joke that well it's not really a joke it's just how i think about sunny but she is the uh the mother tree or the most highly connected tree you know about you know, trees, we can map the root systems and they're all connected by mycelium underground and they share resources back and forth. And yeah. um... So, you know, you've mapped these out and you can see the, uh, a map of the most highly connected tree that's sharing and, and getting resources. That's Sunny in my mind. Yeah. Um, and she is out there pushing it out, helping people get together. You are like this as well. Um, and, you know, providing tools, providing resources and giving that flow to the yeah. energy exchange. Um, it's just so interesting what can come up with people.
2: It is. I mean, people are fascinating and interesting. And when you spend time with them um connections are being made. You, know, you said I think in the last podcast, if I remember correctly, you know, GameStorming, the book that they've published um, quite a number of years back. I forget when the original GameStorming book came I'm out.
3: In 2010.
2: Yeah. So I mean, 13 years ago, and I remember it's one of the books that a lot of our users come across um, and use. Uh, it's one that's connected me to quite a few people uh, over time. It's like a repository. Mm-hmm. And when I was talking to Sunny about it, um, I remember this desire to, to equip and enable others to do something that you know, might be easier to do in different ways than they're currently doing it, and then allowing that to grow over time. I mean, you were mentioning this idea of you know, what we talk about, show me your culture, uh, or show me your event and I'll tell you about your culture. In the last episode, you talked about how by having other people use facilitation skills, You learn so much about the team dynamics and it's almost like a research tool by applying that to teams, you decode the the behaviors and the interactions.
3: It's so true. I'm glad you brought that up. And it's really fascinating to me. That's what I use game storming for a lot in my consulting work um, and facilitation as well. But um, I really bring in that facilitation piece to all of my consulting jobs because it helps accelerate everything. Um, You know, I can sit and talk to a whole team for an hour and get a lot of talking and a lot of words and a lot of positioning, Um, or I can give everyone a bunch of sticky notes and blank white paper and I can ask uh, thoughtful questions let them write it down and post it up. And then I can see everyone's responses in a short period of time. And you, you just get, you get to see people and they get to be seen in a way that's different than just our normal dialogue. Um, And it it unlocks things in your brain um, and it unlocks connections and abilities. Um, So yeah, I love using game storming for that. And we had this experience as well. Um, and I we think, did. you know, some of the nature aspect you, you brought in and, and really some movement and we did some hard hikes. That was not just a small walk. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, that really kind of helped prime and we encountered rattlesnakes and unexpected.
2: <laughs> you stayed our <there laughs> alive, Danielle, in, in more than one way.
3: <laughs> oh, wow. What an experience that was. Um, but that rush of adrenaline and then, you know. That
2: really changed. Yeah, that. That fear. Up, so yeah.
3: right and yeah. but but we were okay and we brought it all together um but that allowed you both to get into a space i believe yeah. um yeah. that was more willing to explore deeper questions and to think yeah. about things in a different way and to think about really long time horizons yeah. which can be hard to imagine yeah. um, so i'm curious what your perspective of that was and if if the time in nature and outdoors helped you in any way with your thinking oh by
2: about. by far i mean um, every time I look out of the window here, I see like the hills across, which are not very far away. It's probably only like 500 meters across the yeah, across can, the valley. Yeah, I can
3: see them now.
2: Yeah, <laughs> um, and you know what we talked about, like when we were doing our strategy session, we we invited you to come to to Europe and actually do some skiing, which we know you like doing. But you hadn't been to Europe. You're like, oh, I should go skiing in skiing in um, in the in the Swiss Alps on the French shops or on the corner of the two countries. Um, mm-hmm. But when you talk about horizons of change and you want to elevate the, or, you know, take a higher perspective. Yeah. I mean, taking a, a ski ride and thinking mm-hmm. uh, alternately from doing exercise or walking around or getting in touch with, you know, feelings or the way that you interact. And I think the na- the nature environment is, uh, cool it's probably the most ideal space to do that it's not always easy because there's a lot of distractions as well right it's it's, right. it's you know the focus sometimes you need to do that and then alternate it with okay let's focus back down to a couple of post-its and framework well, it's and a that model.
3: Contrast too that keeps things yeah. interesting
2: yeah and I yeah. what I really appreciated in how you do that is you know, we're not the easiest crowd to facilitate. I think. You know, I think facilitating facilitators is probably not the easiest thing to do <laughs> because they, they always was getting each other's way a little bit, unless you allow it to happen. So you need a very right. good facilitator, go with it. right?
3: Well,
1: thank you. <laughs> I, mean, I
2: I would have loved to see you with Dave and, and Sunny do you know do the kind of facilitation uh, that you did with us as well.
1: Mm-hmm. But it's also about
2: allowing to let go and being the subject instead of the. Um, um, uh, you know, being the the subject the of change to yeah. better understand what it is that's going on.
3: Yeah, well, and you too, you and uh, Rule, are so masterful with your training programs and your facilitation. And you really have that really dialed in um, and a very well done. Um, you called it. How did you describe it? Your scene? Uh, you know, your training program is very well put together very well executed, rehearsed, you, you you, know, you know what you're doing. Um, and so to get to see you all in action before we had our, our strategy session was so insightful um, yeah. and gave me, you know, a lot of information on how you act, how you interact with each other, um, you know, what's important, and then how you interact with a group that was fascinating. Yeah. And I can see, you know, that's been a key to your success over these years and helping yeah. you grow to 700 people um, and a complete global presence and a global network of labs. And, you know, you all have really built something over this last decade.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Not, not without hurdles, right? So it's, it's, it's interesting that uh, when you look back you know, like, like what you're saying, like you look back at the last 18 months, so I'm going to prompt the question back at you as well, then, yeah, because
1: mm-hmm. we've,
2: we've opened up, let's say our, because uh, also requires uh deeper insight. Like you said, right? you took the effort of getting to understand what it is we do and how we do that before looking more concretely at asking questions about the business and how the business evolves over time.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um the, the hourglass of looking in the future is always very difficult in any strategic situation, but you take the time to listen and to see the uh, perspectives and, and, you know, illuminate the ideas. Literally. I remember it's not just the name of your company, but uh, the ideas that pop out of those sessions are then pushed forward as well in the bigger context of, you know, the other people in the organization that are involved with the organization. And Mm. that's not a, um that's not an easy task i can i can well it's probably easier from the outside than from the inside to do that you know that's why i think for us event design is fairly easy to do it for others it's always much Mm -hmm. harder to do it for yourself
3: always yeah Yeah.
2: um so when you consider your i'm just curious to ask you that so if you look at your own business and Mm -hmm. last year i asked you the question what's your on, on your horizon of change and you know Year plus one, but it's almost year plus Year right? <laughs> You're in a, 18 months ahead almost, right?
1: Uh-huh. Uh,
2: no, 14 months ahead. How has your, your business or how have you, what's, what's has your horizon of change? Um, have you moved, been able to move the needle on it? Have you changed your horizon of change? How has it evolved for yourself?
3: You know, it's a good question and it's something I should have probably been prepared to answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, you always bring these insightful uh ways of asking a question. So I, I think that it has my business has changed a lot in the last year and a half. Um, but it's continued to grow and evolve. Um so it's never a full shift in direction, um, more like another step of tools and resources and team um, to continue going. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, so um, really have focused on building out um, my team and my network this this year, so that I have more ability to scale beyond just myself. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm last when we talked last year, I was still running every single project and involved in everything, um, and I've had to let go of some of that. So that I can let other people shine um, yeah. and let them do what they do best, and and you know it's a it's a risk. It's a little bit scary at times to let go of that control. Oh, yeah. You know the quality if you do it yourself, yeah. um, but to take a chance and to let other people, you know make mistakes and try again uh, and figure it out. That's how you really build something. So that's been a fun process for me and something I work with all my clients on. um, But like you said, it's harder to do for yourself. Um, So, you know, trust, finding that team and then trusting them to do the work um, and then letting them do it on their own and not being involved in every piece of it. Uh, That's been a big change for me over the last year uh, and something that I'm continuing to step into, but it's, it's great and it's been allowing me to do more and to scale more. Um, And, you know, we've talked about, I'm not trying to build this into something huge. I'm trying to make it really potent. Um, And so I'm finding the right team to help me do that. Um, And I've been so lucky to work with just amazing clients over the last year, Mm -hmm. Uh, amazing businesses, amazing teams, you guys, you know, I got a chance to work with you and, um, that was fantastic. And you're event designers. So you really think about these retreats and these ideas in a different way than most people, um, which was very interesting to see. Uh, I love that because you're, you know, it's eating your own dog food. <laughs> you know, you're. Yeah, you're doing-
2: as as you say that, I'm also considering like, like our first, like the hike we did on um. What was it in, in October twenty two? I think it was when IMAX America was in Vegas, uh-huh. and it was actually more serendipitous where
1: the program
2: got canceled. And I remember, oh, Danielle lives in Vegas, right? We're not going to hang out on the Strip. Uh-huh. Let's should go do a hike. I know you're a hiker. It's like, oh, let's go. It wasn't really the intention of, yeah, let's have a good conversation. And you know, there was right. no. It's almost like the the overarching aim was like uh, implicit more than explicit. I think in terms of like how you know, thinking about interaction in our business and collaboration, how that works in practice. And then considering where we are 18 months or 14 months later, you know, having an actual, you know, maybe more intentional retreat in the mountains here in, here in, in, uh, in Europe. Uh, just thinking about that is also, I'm quite amazed at how, uh, yeah, we think about the event design of our own events, but it, it is harder to eat your own dog food or to Mm. like to make sure that you apply what you what you so implicitly or explicitly do with others right it's written in books and such stuff but then you know flipping it back on your on yourself is that's probably one of the hardest things
3: being in the world which is what I experienced with you two it's so ingrained and you've done this so many times and it's just part of how you interact with the world. And yeah. even when you, pre- you presented this idea of, uh, you know, the mini retreat and, and plein air, and, you know, I can't, I can't do the, you've got the right accent for this. <laughs> um, you know, you guys suggested it as well, what if we do a hike and then, you know, I'm thinking, well, what if we do a bit of game storming afterwards? And we just kind of co-created this idea, um, that turned into something really interesting, and that in and of itself, you know, you're seeding the ideas. You, you asked about it. I didn't, you know, yeah. reach yeah. out to you. You prompted it. Yeah. Um, and, and in both cases, both in, in um, you know, in the mountains and the desert and then the mountains and the Alps, you were both saying, you know, I've pictured this in my mind and now it's here. Yeah. So you have this ability to see what could happen. Imagine yeah. certain moments and then it just comes to life.
2: But it's also then letting it go to be what it is, right? So I think, I think you have to see the cubicle or you have to see the, the context. I think letting go of then how it goes is also hard for facilitators or people that are in that space, right? If, you, if, you're, if you're picturing design of what something should be, especially for yourself. And I think this is, this is one of the, I think, transitions are one of the core kind of exploration parts that we're currently dealing with at depth which you're mm-hmm. dealing with every day and i'm sure everyone that's listening here has that dynamic in their organizations mm-hmm. you know people that create or have the events or have this intent for change and then the people that then need to pick up on it or then mm-hmm. figure out okay so how you know we understand that or we're trying to get to the why part of that change bit and then how do we take that and and emulgate it into something that's tangible and usable and consumable or like committing people to be part of that and you know be prepared to the degree where Mm
1: -hmm. I think
2: also trust in the mastery of the skill set you know like I know you do a lot of preparation for your work but it's based on a very intrinsic set of skills that you've developed over time right that you can dream and you don't need to consult the books or the facilitation kits or the But you master it, and then when you have to apply it, you're at your best game, almost like, you know, like a jazz musician would know the chord progression by heart, they master their instrument, and then they improvise on top of that, and then it becomes something magical, right?
3: Yeah, and that's the thing, you plan so that you can throw the plan out the window. Yes. Um, (laughs) It's almost never used, but it's so helpful. Yeah. Uh, because when you plan in such detail, then you you can adjust and you can be flexible and you know what's you have to get done and what you don't. And, um, you know, you just have to move with the group. I imagine that that's harder to do with these large events. So I'm curious how you experience that. But, you know, the people that I work with are typically, you know, core executive teams. So it's no more or YPO forum. So it's no more than, you know, seven people. Um, and they can be seven very big personalities yeah. and big. Uh, you know, egos to to wrangle. Um, but there's seven people that I can look at and count and see. I wonder how you do this with a group of that's much larger. How is what's your experience? Of that? Well, I think this is
2: <clears throat> this is part of a new interesting dynamic that we're seeing literally this week. I was reading about uh, an event in Vegas, actually, where you know, 2000 people registered and in the last week it picked up to 3600 people. And right? so the behaviors wow. of people coming to events is not as predictable as it used to be.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, which means that the bandwidth of controlling like behavior change or, you know, like reading the room of seven big egos, but they're in front of you, yeah. you can go grass all in your, in your perimeter. yeah. I
3: can still see the the body language and see what's yeah. happening.
2: But imagine if you, you know, you pictured 2,500 people going through a certain set of motions and that can all be planned for and, and realized. Right. But you know, just in the pragmatic scale of things, you know, and obviously you know, Vegas can deal with any pretty much anything, but at what price, right? So what does it mean when you go from you know, 2,000 people to 3,600 people in less than five, six days? What does it mean for the supply chain? What does it mean for the planning? What does it mean for the restrictions? What does it mean for, for the group dynamic? All of these things that you're talking about you know, are affected. And I think this is part of the new reality of what event designers have to deal with you know, the reality on the one end of what we experienced in COVID where somebody pulls the plug or, you know, nature pulls the plug on all the events on the planet and right. reconfigure everything overnight. And then now we're going back into a situation where, you know, travel is much more difficult and more expensive and more tedious, right? So it's much more trying to be an event participant from the participant's perspective. So that whoever puts together the idea of getting people to a certain place for a certain amount of time has to have their act together with a bandwidth that's much wider than it used to be before, or be super strict and be, yeah, and, and, and have the repercussions of that behavior, you know, to be part of what they do. Uh, maybe to flip that back as a question to you, Danielle. Um, you went through the EDC Level 3 program, you designed a project with a team of people, and... Um, You get six months to do that. How easy or difficult is that for a proficient facilitator? And what are, I mean, because a lot of people that listen to this podcast have, you know, are are tempted by the idea of doing that or have become a certified event designer. How was that experience for you as an experienced facilitator to go through that?
3: Oh, well, it was great. Um, And it was great to watch you both in action, too, because I learned things as a facilitator. So not only was I learning you, you know, the event design and the event canvas methodology, but I was also getting to watch how you do things and, uh, you know, how you approach your projects. Um, but the, the methodology itself um, is very enlightening. And I think it's a really helpful process. Um, and, you know, I wonder if so much of it is just the thought beforehand and going through, you know, just thinking about it. Um, so many people just skip that step altogether. So not only are you thinking about it, but you're thinking about it with a group and within this defined methodology and with an aim towards a tangible outcome. Um, So everything kind of keeps you moving through the process um, and really forces you to focus on the full picture of the event and what you want to get out of it. That's the thing that I think that you guys have brought to this entire um, industry that's really interesting. Um, the way you think about events and the way you think about how events can be a tool for business and a tool for change and a tool for really moving your vision forward, um, it's it's different than I've ever heard it described. Now that I've heard it, I can't unsee it. I see yeah. it everywhere I go, uh, but I never thought about it in that way before. Yeah. Uh, you know, you mentioned something, too, that just probably will always stay in my brain. Um, wars are started with guns and they're ended with a conference. Yeah. That's something that's very powerful and true, and I had never considered it before. Yeah. So what you know what you can do when you get people together in a very intentional way and you've thought about all the dynamics and you've really considered what's important and what you want to come out of it, there's something about putting that that level of intentionality um, mm-hmm. and that level of group thought, you're really making the event happen before it ever happens. Yeah. Um, so you're you're like little- doing. Incubator of the
2: event starting much earlier.
3: Exactly. So that that change that you're trying to drive from the event, you're starting it at the event planning stage. Um, And it just helps drive the momentum and push the event forward. Um, So to anyone listening that is considering maybe joining a CED cohort, I would say absolutely. And not only do you get really interesting skills and really interesting ways to think about design, Um, But you also then get a group of 20 really interesting people that are now close friends. (laughs) Somehow, over three days, you know, you guys are able to facilitate this connection in this community um, with people who are driven and excited um, and trying to do something. So that's that was a really uh, unexpected part of it for me. Um, And so rewarding.
2: That's awesome to hear. Are, Are you applying it? to your events that you're, as say, are you applying it as such, or have you embedded it into your system, and are you? Um...
3: Probably a little bit of both. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, the canvas, I've gone through the canvas, I like that. I, you know, I don't do large-scale conferences and planning like that, you know, we've talked yeah. about, I'm not a traditional event designer by, yeah. by those definitions, um, but if you expand the scope of what is an event. I design events all the time. And even, you know, just a small meeting is an event. A large board meeting is an important event. Um, You know, a large process with an investment firm is, that's an event itself as well. So if you think about applying the same, what's the entry behavior? What's the exit behavior? How do I facilitate that change? It can just apply to everything. And I found that going through the process of, Considering the stakeholders, considering what they want, considering how I want them to feel, and you know what I want them to do at the end, and at the, how are how are they going in, um, and mapping out all of those changes, even if it was implicit before, it then becomes explicit. And sort of like you know, once you see something, you can't unsee it. Um, it necessarily informs everything you do from there. Uh, yeah. So I've I kind of can't help but now think about that and all of my events um and just important meetings uh so i think i I have brought some of that in implicitly that's
2: really cool i like
3: always um, have the books handy oh there (laughs) (laughs) and they're beautifully done and for those who
2: are listening uh uh daniela's holding up the book that this podcast is about the design to change book um I, i actually opened it to to that page that has the summary questions 158 159 mm-hmm. um which are actually the questions that you know paul wilkins one of our uh collaborators um um helped us put together in this book uh, which which yeah. almost ca- captures he- the essence of the five uh chapter or six chapters in, in a couple of bullet point questions right and um mm-hmm. and i continuously challenge myself know and this is something that we try to do with the podcast as well is to to think about application and why is it still so elusive to think about event design in in the way that you were just describing it right why is it like something people never think about until you see it and then you cannot unsee it but it's it's almost like it's so it's so obvious but it's not uh, tangible enough to pick up
3: well and that's where you saw this opportunity to create a business solving this
2: yeah
1: uh,
3: and, and you know from a you know strategy kind of macro business type of perspective i look at this like wow events are they have a dedicated budget every year everybody always sets aside money for events everybody knows they're going to a number of events they're going to potentially sponsor a number of events yeah. but then you know, you bring in this cognitive dissonance of they're not planning or thinking about or designing for that event. So there's a huge opportunity there yeah. um, and a nice entrance to a market where you don't have to convince them that they need an event. You just have to convince them that their event should be really, really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and it can be really effective at creating change. Yeah. And then you two bringing that perspective in, um, you know, you can potentially change a lot more than just the event industry because of the impact of all of the events that you end up designing and helping yeah. others design. Yeah. I
2: wonder I that's if you can measure that. And I think that, that, that um, like the moments of impact, like you were saying, like the things we remember from the last 14 months hmm. are the events that where we were able to claim time from each other and spend them together to get an increment of change delivered, right? To then leave a gap until the next increment of change right and
3: oh i love it and you're thinking about it in terms of designing time and yes great
2: and i think that the you know the more precious our time you know is over time i think that's that's really um it sounds like you owe it to yourself to 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 think more critically about it right which Mm
1: -hmm. uh,
2: thankfully you've helped us do uh, for parts of our business but it's it's very tempting to just go and 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 you know go back to the modus operandi and, and fall into the trap again and again and again. And it's, it's, it's so weird how, you know, you, you know, it's the truth that you know what needs to happen. Right. And I, I keep deliberately on my desk, I keep an hourglass, you know, with, you know, real uh, with a real, let's say uh, sound and, and that's the tactile true. experience of time, you know, and mm-hmm. have this hourglass a cheap one from Ikea. Right. But from time to time, I just turn it around to remind myself that, it's it's happening right? every single day. You don't see time passing until you look at it. As a, oh,
3: that's as a so pass. good. Yeah, I um, love that. And that's very true. And, you know, we talk about it's been a year and so much has changed professionally, personally. I know we both had some moments of type one, type two, and unfortunately some type three experiences over the last yes. yeah. <laughs> the last year. Yeah. You just never know what's going to happen and how much time you have available. Yeah. Um, and so to really be intentional about that and to think about things in life and time blocks, yeah. um, it's an interesting perspective.
2: Very much so. If you're wondering what type 1, 2, and 3 are, listen back to episode 55, because that's where Danielle goes into that a little bit more, right? Uh, for those of you for those that are not patient enough about that can you explain really briefly 1 2 and 3 and then Yeah yeah so this part.
3: is the adventure fun scale um i just assume everybody knows this but i guess it's not as common <laughs> no no it's not no no okay so type one fun is your your standard fun you know you're hanging out with your friends it's very low key it's everyone's definition of fun Type two fun is not really fun in the moment. It Maybe it looks more like suffering in the moment, but it's fun after the fact. And it's fun upon reflection. And you can think about, um, you know, how far you've come and, and what you did, like kind of like our snake experience when you encounter a yeah. rattle. It well, was almost a
2: type three, but it was, it was a type <laughs> it, two. You can
3: easily venture into type three.
2: And then, yeah,
3: type so three maybe fun. Maybe a CD, but...
2: like becoming a certified event designer, having yeah, to submit exactly, the project is like a type two, right?
3: Yeah, You have to be willing to be uncomfortable. You have to be willing to put yourself out there. You have to risk embarrassment. Uh, You have to risk mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, But that's all okay because you get to the other side of it and you realize how far you've grown and what you came through. And then type three is when uh, type two fun goes wrong. (laughs) Um, It's not the definition, anyone's definition of fun. You can't really consider it fun in any way. The the thing you can do is if you survive that situation, you can look back and think about how far you've grown. Yeah. Um, so I always like to think about my life in the type type buckets. Um, and I try to live pretty much in the type two fun a lot of times and always yeah. try to push and get a little bit uncomfortable. And that's what I try to do with others as well and bring them into that space in a, um, you know, a safe way. Yeah.
2: And we've seen that um, up close, Danielle. Thank you for... Preventing some type two fun to turning to type three fun, which was that interaction with a rattlesnake on our hike <laughs> in Las Vegas in the red uh red rocks or what, what's it called? The the, the space. Yeah, Red there. Rock
3: Canyon. You know, I still can't uh communicate enough how rare that was. That was a really crazy that's, experience.
2: That's what a lot of people even in Vegas said to us like I've never seen a rattlesnake. And,
3: ever Yeah.
2: And you warned us about, you know, we might see some, you know, some serious spiders or what, what do you call those those big uh, dangerous looking spiders? I mean, yeah. yeah um but then you know these things happen and and these are not incidents but these are you know we can talk about them in hindsight but these can be fatal right so it's a it's something that yeah the type three fun that you do experience does transform you uh, transform you and they're pretty inevitable as well i think right? these, these yeah. things happen
3: and when you experience one of those, I I've, I've, my experience with it is you come out of that as a different person. There's yeah. no going back to who you were before. Yeah. Um, these are life transforming type of experiences. Yeah. yeah. So you just, you never know. And the, when you think about designing time and you think about where you want to go and, you know, imagining that next horizon of change, that's one step is just even being willing to imagine it. Um, and then being willing to step into it and to take the risk to go forward, uh, that's another step. And I feel like you all help prepare people with that with your CED program uh, to take that step into the next leadership role that they want to be in, um, into the role of taking their company and elevating their events and bringing something um, really powerful to their organization that maybe no one's even considered before. Uh, that That's an interesting thing by itself and maybe something that isn't talked about but you're really creating leaders as you create the CED program as well mm-hmm. within organizations and then within new organizations.
2: Providing that apply it, right? That's always Because yeah. you know, at the end of the day, we can teach as much well, as you're we can like, share it, right? It's, it's, it's really about that. Like, step okay. yeah, yeah. Stepping into that two, type two fun within your organization almost, right? It's like right. events right. for many people think they think it's type one fun, but by the time they and it can't be it's more like when you're two. in
3: the moment, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's it's that willing to willingness to be uncomfortable, um, and to embarrass yourself or to make mistakes. You know, you just have to be willing to go for it. I think yeah. we talked about that a little bit last time with your with your labs. Um, I'm curious how students apply this if they have a little bit more uh, reckless abandon or. <laughs> Um, you know, if there's anything that's a difference between someone that hasn't been in a career um, and is just figuring their way out, their way in the world.
2: Well, that's also interesting to see what the, the, the young professionals going through the programs are. We just had a very young candidate also at um, in our program in Bangkok. She was a star designer of the, of the group. I can tell she's going to be a phenomenal leader. And she, right. you know, within the culture that she was functioning in, I could tell that those three days really gave her a lot of oxygen. Uh-huh. um to to breathe in the you know the aspirations but also show um you know you also need a chance to show your your well maybe not the capabilities but the ability to 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 help something forward right regardless of level of experience or age or whatever it might be and she you know she was very apologetic for her age with the other group because it it, it was like her her way of of you know being humble but at the end of the day she was almost like you know the the star of the of the cohort because she she'd overcome that uh, oh,
1: i love to hear that
2: to a degree right which i think that that's super gratifying to see that and Absolutely. it was fun to also see that you know my daughter was traveling with me who we went through the program a couple of years back at the same age that she was out
1: uh-huh. they
2: connected and they were they were talking about it and it's really gratifying to see like Something that, you know, at first you think, oh, that's, oh, whatever, we'll do that, right? And then you see the impact of it. And that's really why we do what we do, I think. Or that's why I do what I do. Yeah, it keeps
3: you going. That's why you get out of bed every day, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. That's that's what makes it worth it, yeah. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Now, Danielle, you probably were anticipating on this question, but I will ask it as well. It's like, if a year or 14 months from today, you would be looking at your horizon of change again, Mm. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. without being too generic in the answer right i know i can prompt you with this question um what is what's on your horizon of change in the next
1: 12 to 14 months just generally
3: very broad um well a lot but i want to you know continue doing what i'm doing i love working with really inspired leaders. I love helping them do what they want to do in the world. That's what I feel like is my purpose and um, what I'm really great at. Um, so I definitely want to continue doing that and continue doing it in a way that allows me a little bit more space. Um, and with a team that's um, you know, kind of supporting that vision. Um, <laughs> I also, just because I happened to have a a call just a couple of days ago, I really want to help this, um, organization in Kenya called kick in his dream raise $1.5 million for their school. That is a big goal of mine for the next year. Um, it's something we've been talking about for a little while. It's an organization that I've worked with for a long time and, um, visited way back in, uh, 2017, I think at this point, Mm. um, But they, you know, you talk about young people changing things and coming out with uh, great ideas and innovation and being willing to just go for it. These girls at the school are amazing. Um, And I want to help give them the opportunity to move on from where they're they're at and to pursue their dreams. Um, So that's a that's one that's top of mind at the moment.
2: Sounds like a super tangible element within the business. It future, is. Right? And, I,
3: yeah. and everything is usually so, you know, kind of out in space. So that one is, that one's tangible. I want to put a stake in the ground, that yeah. put it out to the world, if yeah. you
2: will.
3: <laughs> I would like
1: and, and that. And maybe,
2: and maybe someone's listening to this and saying, I want to help yeah. Danielle achieve that, right? How, like, could you share a link or something? Is, is there something that's shareable that we could put in the show notes for them to maybe, you know, learn more about it or...
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I'll send you the link to the organization, but it's Kikenya's Dream. Um, yeah. And this woman, Dr. Kakenia, um, has a TED Talk. She's fascinating. I won't give you her whole story, but the short version is she negotiated with her, all the men in her village to allow her to continue school, um, which doesn't typically happen for women in this community. Um, and in exchange, she would come back to build a school in the village. And she did this. She went to school. She went to university in DC. She went back and she has built this organization that has now helped um, 500 girls who wouldn't have had an education before, have an education, have an opportunity for continued education. Um, And the way she goes about it is very thoughtful. And you know me, I'm I'm evaluating leaders all the time. It's what I do. Um, I met her and I was like, wow, you're different and your business is different. Um, And so I just want to help them and help her continue this, this really amazing uh, task because these girls will, they're, they're now um, through the first round of people going to college. And um, I just can't wait to see what they do in the world. Kind of like you, you know, with your event designers and you like to like, watch them go um, and do the thing. I can't wait to see what these girls do because they're the future of um, Kenya and they're future leaders for sure.
2: That's awesome. I love, I love the concept. I love how it works. Um, I'm even, even considering if there's other ways of helping her, maybe we can design mm-hmm. something that we could help you know uh, facilitate this even even more uh, maybe mm-hmm. we should have her on the podcast and maybe have her talk about this project as a design mm-hmm. to change the project who knows idea. or invite both of you we haven't we've never had two guests on a on a podcast which makes mm-hmm. should think we might you know if, if that's something you're you're up for maybe that's something we do in the run up to this and, and, and explore what what could be done.
3: Yeah that's a great maybe idea maybe our community can help. Yeah and I like this. We we should we should continue this conversation. Uh, we, we definitely will. And you know something else I like is um, I love working with with leaders and groups and people who are continuing on their personal development journey and don't want to just create a great business but also want to create a great business that does great things in the world. Yeah. Um, and I think that helping people realize how much power they have to really control their lives and to control the outcomes of yeah. where they're going and you know, how they feel about it too, because it's one thing to get there and it's another thing to feel great about it along the way. Um, helping others do that through some skills and techniques that I've learned um, will be continue to be very interesting for me. And I know you all are coming out in October. It'd be fun to uh, explore that potentially with your community.
2: I can't wait to, to do that and the conversation we're gonna have along the way. Um, Danielle, thank you so much for your time today, um, 3rd of August, 2023. We're going to carry on this conversation uh, into a uh, next uh, forum, but thank you so much for your time and sharing it with our listeners to the Design to Change podcast.
3: Thank you so much for having me. It's been a joy. Awesome.
0: You've been hanging out backstage on Design to Change Designer Conversations. Thank you for tuning in and don't forget to subscribe and share conversations online using hashtag to change and #EventCanvas. Want more thought-provoking content like this? Visit designtochange.online to purchase your copy of Design to Change, elevating your abilities to look and act beyond the now. Don't forget it's more than just a book. Experience a hard copy, audio format, video format, and even augmented reality experience it in your style and format. Tune in to our next episodes and hear from more designers and change makers. Until then, we look forward to our next conversation.